Hello, welcome back. I promised I'd be back and here I am, episode two. And I've been thinking a lot about this podcast for the last week because I've launched it in honestly record time for something that I would do. I've been thinking about, you know, what is this actually? Who is it for? What is it for? And do you know what? It's just a bit of fun, I think. My my job can sometimes be a bit stressful and there's a lot to do when you're a business owner. So I just wanted to use this time and this space as a bit of an outlet, really. I know that sounds a bit self-indulgent, but go with me on this. I think it could be fun. And I don't want to be your guru. So if you're here for that, sorry to disappoint. Obviously, along the way, I'm I'm sure I'm going to tell you some legal stuff about business because that's kind of what I do every day. But I don't want this just to be, here's some tips, go off and, you know, on with your day. I wanted to mostly just share about, yeah, what it's like to run a business and what I've learned as a lawyer that I use in my business as well. And I think that is all it needs to be. I don't think we need to have a huge purpose sometimes for doing these things. And I'm interested to see where it goes. So as part of that, not having a purpose, purpose, I wanted to share how this kind of happened, this podcast, and what I'm learning along the way. Because that's one thing that I haven't really come across in any podcast that I've listened to is, you know, what goes on behind the scenes of actually putting it together. And I'm literally learning as I go. So I had a really fun idea about, I don't know, almost two weeks ago now to do a podcast, but it just started off as, oh, what if I do a podcast? And then I was in Canva doing some social media stuff and I thought, oh, what if I just do a podcast cover photo? That might be cool. And then I did it and I was like, yeah, that's that looks kind of cool. And then I had a group coaching call with the Creator Club that I'm part of and we were chatting about where we're holding ourselves back in our business and I just threw it out and then I said oh you know maybe I am holding myself back from doing something like a podcast and literally that day I thought hmm what if I just recorded an episode yeah that'd be fun (laughs) who knows what would happen So I opened the voice memo on my phone. This is the extent of my tech capability at the moment, put in my AirPods so I don't even have a proper mic set up. And I just spoke into my phone for 20 minutes and then decided I hated it and I recorded it again. And then I thought, no, I can't delete this one. This has got to be the one. So I put something up on social media and people were like, wow, you have a podcast. And that's when I really started to freak out, like actual (laughs) freak out. I thought, this is a bad idea. I should not have done this. What are people going to think? What am I going to talk about after episode one? You know, actually the episode that I did wasn't even 20 minutes. I tell a lie. It was about 10 minutes. (laughs) So yeah, that realization hit pretty quick, but I uploaded it. And then cue the second freak out of, what are people going to think? Is anyone going to listen to it? 
And then on the flip side, I was like, well, look, it doesn't matter. Nobody's going to listen to it. So who cares? And now we're here a week later. Yeah. Recording another podcast, staring at a wall, (laughs) blankly, while I talk to myself. And that is the story of my podcast. So from the tech side of it, I'm still running with my AirPods set up, chatting into voice memos. I also have a subscription to Descript or Descript. I don't know how people pronounce it, but that's actually a cool program. Very easy to use. I can just upload or transfer this voice memo file to the Descript and you can actually take out filler words, but you can, yeah, you can actually edit chunks of what you say. Just literally select it, delete it, and it's gone from the recording. That is how easy it is to use. So if you are listening to this, and it may be zero people, (laughs) but if you wanted to look into podcasting, that's actually a really cool program that I will be using for a little while. But any podcasters out there that are much more experienced than me, hit me up. Let me know what, what is the basic stuff that I need? Or do I just keep going with the AirPods? I do think I want to get a proper mic though. It's not on my wish list now that I'm a serious podcaster. So yeah, I'll keep you posted. But that is where I'm at with podcasting. I got a tip to host on Pinecast. So I'm doing that. Didn't even know that was a thing that you had to host your podcast. This is how much planning went into this. Zero. And I'm on Apple and Spotify and I think Pinecast will put it everywhere. So that's pretty cool. And there you go, you have a podcast. And actually, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, is it? To have a podcast. Everyone has a podcast. You just do it. Easy for me to say now that I'm on the other side and this was years in the making. So that is the background. But I did, I probably now that I think about it, should have introduced what this episode is actually going to be about. It's not just about me rambling on about my podcasting journey. But, oh, actually, before I do that, this is why I should make notes. But the other thing, when I was setting up this very hastily produced podcast, I thought, oh, I want to have some cool intro music. I'm going to do like this really cool intro and say some stuff about what the podcast is about and I did that and it was in the audio file but it didn't upload when I went to listen back to the first episode which I still cringe literally when I hear my own voice it wasn't there there was no cool intro music that I painstakingly picked out and so I don't know how to fix that so maybe when you're listening to this there will be some music Maybe not, but that is, yeah, work in progress for them. But this podcast, what it's going to be about is networking. Don't turn off the podcast just yet. <laughs> I promise it's not going to be boring. Maybe. I don't know. I shouldn't really say that. Should I? I'm not a very good judge of whether I'm boring or not. I digress. Networking is something, though, that is a huge part of my career to date and obviously business. And I guess I was fortunate enough that in the legal industry and particularly the firm that I worked at, it was kind of pushed on me from day one. And I know that's probably not an experience that a lot of young lawyers would have, 
being pushed into marketing because they would rather just push you into a windowless room with a computer so you can do all your billable hours <laughs> with a minimum distraction. But I actually had some great mentors that pushed me to marketing uh, networking events, I should say. But they weren't great to start off with. Picture a room full of black suited white men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and probably 30s as well, I'm sure. And me, 23, straight out of uni, probably wearing something pinkish, pink adjacent, trying to hold some kind of semblance of personality. Yeah, in a room with all these much more older people more experienced at whatever they were doing and I was very green and didn't really know how to connect with people it was super awkward just walking up to people and going hey I'm just the newbie in the world of the career of being a lawyer yeah so it was really awkward to start off with I was often the one of the youngest I was often the very few females in the room so my first entrance to Networking was not very fun and I actually hated it. I uh, just honestly, there was, I would rather be in the windowless room <laughs> at my desk typing away, but I did get comfortable, a bit more comfortable with it. And I think the main thing is to find spaces that are a bit more suited to your personality. So yes, I did the whole business lunch type of networking. But I found that there were lots of other networking opportunities in Newcastle, where I live, that fitted me a bit more. So there was a young professionals networking group, and that was more, you know, people around my own age, similar stages in our career. So we had a bit more in common. We could kind of chat about what we were doing at work. So that was a big learning for me was that there is not just one size fits all for networking and you don't have to go to spaces that you feel uncomfortable in. There is going to be the right one for you. And along with younger professional networking groups when I was younger, I also went to women's only networking, which is great. I found that they were really welcoming. It was such a different environment. Instead of walking into a wall of black suits, you know, people would say, hey, are you new here? Do you know anyone? Can I introduce you to someone? And that was such a contrast. And yeah, that was a really good way to develop my skills with networking because it's not, I don't think it's anything that comes naturally to a lot of people. I'm sure there are some people who were born ready to network, but I wasn't that person. So yeah, you have to learn. And the other side to networking, so there's obviously external networking that you can do. Um, now that I'm a solo business owner, all of it's external. I don't have a team. I don't have, yeah, employees around me. But when I was working for someone, you actually cannot underestimate the power of internal networks. And it's actually something that's come full circle. I was, as soon as I got into the workforce, I wanted to make friends with everyone. I wanted to be social at work. And that was actually a really great way to connect with my peers and just to develop friendships. And 
There are some people that I've still kept in touch with 10, 12, 13 years later from various workplaces. And I think that's really awesome. And it it just shows you that you don't know where your networks are going to take you. And I think that is the first thing that I learned was to have no expectations with networking and not in a sense of, oh, the bar's so low, why even bother? More in the sense of, if you don't have any expectations, you can relax. It's not a matter of going, okay, if I'm in a workplace, who can I buddy up with that are going to get me further in my career? I think that's the wrong mentality. Some people do that for sure. And I noticed that a lot in the legal industry. It was very, yeah, picking selective people to be close to and even at networking events it was like okay who can I connect with that's going to give me work or is looking to hire a lawyer and that just wasn't my scene really I was much more interested in just meeting people because I think I accepted as well at that stage when you're whether it's you're starting out in business or early in your career I don't know if people are going to want to give work to a lawyer with two years experience they're probably not They probably want to speak to the partner and the decision maker. So I just removed any expectation of what was going to come out of it. And you probably hear that a lot when you hear people talking about networking. It's how can you serve that person or how can you help them? And I think that's probably even too much because then you're thinking, okay, how how can I show them what I know or who I can connect them with? I think it's more about just listening. And that's something that's really hard to do when you first start networking because you're trying to think, okay, what am I going to say next? So I don't sound silly or you have to be prepared, but it's actually a lot easier to just listen to what that person is saying and let the questions flow naturally from there. So there you go. There's two tips. The first one is lower your expectations. Do not have an agenda when you go to somewhere to network. Just go to practice, to have fun to meet someone new. And then the second is to listen. You don't have to, I think in social situations, we always are on. We feel like, okay, we've got to put our best foot forward. But if you listen, you're going to pick up on things much more than if you're just thinking, okay, when's it my turn to say something? What do I need to say next? And then the next thing, if I have to give a tip, is the power of the follow-up. I think it's really easy to meet someone at a networking event, have a chat, and I think that's really great. But we've got this wonderful thing now called social media where we can continue to connect with that person. And I think that's a really nice way to keep that connection going. It doesn't have to be that you meet with them regularly after that. It just keeps that connection going so that if you do run into that person at another, at the same networking event or another networking event, You've had some contact with them during that time. So LinkedIn, yeah, sure. We're all on LinkedIn, I guess. You can connect with people there. I've found that if I'm meeting business owners now, that obviously they're more likely to have an Instagram for their business where they're posting a lot more frequently. And it's a really great way to engage with them. So you can like their content and leave them a comment so they just know that you're there. And you'd be surprised how far that will actually take you. The other thing about networking that I've learned 
is to get involved behind the scenes. So I feel like my career is split up in pre-kids and after kids. So pre-kids, I was actually on two committees. One was a fundraising committee for medical research and we organized events and it was for yeah people in their early to mid-20s, which is where I was at that age, at that stage. And we were raising funds for medical research. And that was actually a super tough committee because we had a requirement that we had to have a 50% profit on every event. So it was a lot of asking venues to waive their higher charge and people donating things. So it was actually great practice because there was a lot of cold calling businesses and sending emails and going, Henry, would you donate a prize or can you provide this for the event? But it's a great way to meet people at events if you're actually running the event. Because if you feel any kind of awkwardness, it's a perfect conversation starter. And people will want to gravitate towards the event coordinators because they might be coming to their first event. So getting involved is great. So at that time that I was doing the fundraising committee, I was on another committee as you do, because I had so much time before kids. I didn't really, but I just, it's a pattern. It's a bad pattern. <laughs> so I then another committee that was more professional networking, but for, again, for young professionals. And I'd been to an event and I thought, oh, look, I'll just get involved in the planning of them just so I can meet some more people. And yeah, it's just a great way I think it's good to expand your skills as well. When you're planning events, it's it's going to be very different to, unless you're in event planning as your career. But for me, it was very different from my day-to-day job as a young lawyer to then go and have committee meetings and plan events. So I think, so that was the pre-kids. Once I, yeah, fell pregnant, I thought that's not going to be sustainable, (laughs) which good choice, good choice for past me. But then after I had my kids, and I've started my business, I wanted to get back into networking as a business owner, not just an employee of a law firm, which I felt was a really different space to be in. So again, I went searching for how to be involved and I became a committee member on the Gen Collective Committee. So Gen Collective is a networking group in Newcastle and I had been to their events pretty much almost from when they started. So it's been around for about 12 years-ish, started by a local accountant as a a female-only networking group, and it's kind of expanded now. It was originally Gen X women, and I remember going to the events. I'm like an older millennial, so I'm almost too young for Gen X, but too old to be a proper millennial, I guess. I remember going to the Gen X women events, and everyone was like, you don't look like a Gen Xer, and I was like, I'm almost... I'm almost a Gen Xer, but they changed, they rebranded it to Gen Collective. So I joined the committee when I started my business, which was four years ago, because I knew it was a great way to meet people and to kind of be seen in the networking committee. People kind of get to know you in that light as well, which is separate from the the business persona, I guess. And Gen Collective has been amazing. It's a lot of hard work. Don't get me wrong. Being on a volunteer committee is a commitment. We are all doing it. There's eight of us, including me, at the moment. And we are all doing this in our spare time. 
So some have full-time jobs, some have their own business. And yeah, it can be a lot, especially around planning events. But the thing that keeps me coming back is I always feel like the connections are so worth it. There are people that I've met that have changed my business. I know that sounds dramatic, but it's actually not. It really, I don't think my business would have gotten to the point that it has without networking with Gen Collective. And so I've stuck around for four years and two years of not really having face-to-face events with the lockdowns. So that was challenging, but it is a great way to meet people to be on the committee because you are getting seen at the event. People, like I said, people, if it's their first time, they will come to the organizer and go, I don't know anyone, help me out. And it's just a really nice way to connect with people as well. So that was the, I've lost count, probably the fourth tip about networking. And I think that especially after lockdowns, the power of that connection and being in the room and having that energy, you cannot underestimate it. I think it's worth putting yourself in some uncomfortable situations to to get that payoff because you don't know who you're going to meet or where it could end up. And just on that follow-through point that I made earlier, one thing that I want to do towards the end of this year and going into next year is bringing back the one-to-one connection. So now that I'm at a point with Gen Collective and I meet a lot of people at events, I actually don't get a lot of time to connect one-on-one with people at events anymore because I'm running around helping organizing and yeah, it's, it's very different to just showing up to an event, but I've obviously chosen the networking committee life and networking committee life chose me. What can I say? So I've kind of accepted that, yeah, I don't get to chat to people a lot at the events. So I am taking the time now to connect with people one-on-one and having a coffee from time to time just to speak to people, talk to them about where they're at in their business journey and to have that human connection. And I think there's no expectation around it. I think it's just nice to have people in your network that you enjoy spending time with. And I just genuinely like to hear about other people's businesses and what they do. I think I always ask people really weird questions when I first meet them one-on-one and they're like they probably think am I getting interviewed like is this a trick question like I'll ask people like what do you do for your marketing how do you do this like do you run your own Instagram (laughs) because I'm just interested because I do all that stuff myself so I want to know how other people are doing it and if they've got a team what does that look like how did they get there and I think that's great to have people around you that are at different stages of business So you can see what's coming next or even help them if you're at a different stage with something else. You can share what you've learned and that's really cool. So that's what I've learned about networking and why I like networking now and why I will wear a pink suit to networking events so I do stand out. But I think it's easy, much easier to sit at home or stay in your, I don't know, office space and not speak to people 
because we kind of get used to those behaviors. But I encourage you to reach out to someone that you haven't spoken to for a while, get a coffee with another business owner, get a couple of business owners together, a couple of friends and go out or see what's around in your local community and get involved. You never know what can happen. And I think that that is where some really great connections start when you don't have that pressure of I've got to get work from this person or I've got to help this person by finding three connections that will help them. No, just make it easy for yourself. Just show up, be yourself and meet some new people. So that is my musings and learnings on networking. I am going to hopefully get some guests on to the podcast as well, if I can get organized, which I will. So that'll be fun too, because I, like I said, I will ask people just strange questions all the time about their business and what they do. So I would like to invite you into that conversation. So keep an ear out for that. And I'm going to wrap it up there. But if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram. Send me a DM if you listen to it. I will catch you next time. Bye.